Welcome to PPR Podcast number 94. My name is Rudy, but the undisputed star of the show sits to my right. His name is Grossman, Bert Grossman, president of the San Diego Strike Force. And today's conversation will have a Strike Force theme. Why is that, Bert? Because we have the head coach of the San Diego Strike Force, Taylor Jenninser. I hate saying that name, Taylor. You got to, you got to. Taylor, that. how's it pronounced, Jenser? Uh, Jenniser. Jenniser. Oh, I got it right. That's two yeah, weeks in did. a row. Hey, uh, thanks for doing this, uh, young man. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing well. I really appreciate you guys having me. Um, how are both of you doing? Actually, Paul, I really only care how you're doing. Well, yeah, I appreciate that, and and, and you should, being that I'm a, of advanced years and have to work with this guy, and that's, you know, that that's taking months off my life. Uh, coach. Uh, can we just react to the news of the day? I, I, just as we sat down with you, we found out that former Silver Pigskin winner Tyler Butner has entered the dra- transfer portal, leaving Notre Dame. And we're seeing a, that transfer portal, since its advent, has gotten very, very crowded. Can you speak to what it's doing to the sport of football? Is it, is it helping college football? Is it hurting? What's your take? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I do like that it helps guys get opportunities that they may not get at the school they're at. But um, from the seat that I'm sitting in as a high school football coach, it's a little bit harder to get our guys recruited because, you know, for some of these high school seniors, why go get a high school senior when you can go get a kid right out of the portal to fill a position for you? So that's where I see some of that backlash. Um, But, you know, I see it's pros, uh, pros and cons both ways. But it also speaks to, if I may just... No, go ahead. I talk to Taylor every day. You can do the whole thing if you want. It also speaks to the fact that no matter when... You know, Taylor, with much fanfare, accepted a scholarship at Notre Dame. And we, you know, we just... First thing I flashed on was Joe Montana. You know, he's going to lead him to the national championship. And even though with his credentials, and he's a great athlete, and wherever he goes next, he'll be great. But he's a five-star guy. I think he was, wasn't he? Or four and a half. Five. Five-star guy. And yet, even then, with all that acclaim, it sometimes doesn't work out. You Having a plan B is kind of important, is it not? It's very important. I mean, the best example right now is, um, you know, Jalen Hurts. You know, he had to leave Alabama, go to Oklahoma for a year, and he just signed one of the biggest contracts in football history. So, um, you know, it can be a, a, a big positive, specifically at the quarterback position. And, um, you know, I've gotten to meet Tyler and work with him a couple of times. And, and the one thing I'll tell you is he's very smart. He'll pick up any system that he goes into. And his next destination's probably going to be where he sticks. And where would you where would you think that would be if you were predicting? I honestly don't know. I don't even want to speculate anything. All I'm going to say is I know Caleb Williams is probably leaving after this year. So, um, you know, who knows? Oh. About <laughs> but you're not speculating. You're, you're not speculating you're not at all. Sp- so then the, th- the, the pipe dream of having him come to San Diego State probably doesn't exist simply because of the NL- NIL money, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't even know anymore because you bring up Jalen Hurts and that's a perfect example. But, I mean, there's 6,000 people in the, in the transfer portal. I mean, it usually works yeah, out. How for many like, Tyler Buckners are there? Not a lot. No, I'm saying he's, it works out for the top 100 guys all the time. They can go, he'll be able to go wherever he wants. But it's the other 5,000 that think they're the top 100 guys that it's really hurting. And in turn, that hurts the high school kids that are the top guys, but nobody wants to develop them. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to give a kid, hey, I'm going to develop you for two years. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to train you. I'm going to get you bigger just so you can jump to a power five. I mean, how do you – you just go to the portal. Why would you go to high school and is, waste your time? And does Deion Sanders represent that new mentality as far as the college ranks where he's – there's a different way to build your team now, and it can just be transfers? 
Yeah. Um, Coach Prime is definitely showing what you can do through the portal. And um, there's going to be a lot of teams that kind of follow that direction. But what do you think? Because Coach Prime, that's going to be a, a disaster this year. I don't care what anybody says. If you watch, if you watch that game, those didn't look like D1 linemen. Those didn't look like D1 players. It looked like his son's playing quarterback, and half the time they're blowing coverages on purpose so he can make these throws. I mean, that, that isn't – I mean, these kids are all decommitting. Something's going on there. They're top commit in high school decommitted right after. I mean, 30 guys in a week or and a half. I mean, that's insane. Something's going on there that people yeah, don't like. Yeah, I would – it would raise an eyebrow if, if I'm – my little Joey's going to go to school. I, I would. Th Plus, it was. It looked like it was 12 degrees below zero in on April whatever day it was when they were having their game. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good. It, look it did not look like sunny, warm place to play college football. It's not Miami, that's for sure. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, well, he's got a game this week. He's got some transactions. First of all, before about. we get to the game this week, can we just talk about the game that just happened against the Sugar Skulls, who dialed up the uh, hail mary there that got forced overtime. I did. Dude, you know, we, we talked as a group, so I had um, asked the referee to put more time on the clock because, you know, I felt like they kind of ran a little bit off. So we had an extended, you know, amount of time to really discuss that that play. So, you know, the receivers and, and um, you know, local Rudy Johnson, we were in the huddle, and we just pretty much just layered that play to where we had players in every different direction for in case there is a tip. And Ken Bell happened to be there for the tip, and that's, that's why – you know, we put that tall receiver in the back so it can, you know, he's there to make a play if necessary. So I'm going to ask you a question. You get Rudy Johnson, who four touchdowns, 220 yards passing, on a 50-yard field is pretty impressive. That's like 400 and some. Um, and you just traded for arguably a Hall of Fame quarterback, 2021 Player of the Year. How do you, how do you work that now going into this week? So I called Rudy, and Rudy understood kind of what we had going on. And Rudy's the definition of a team guy. Um, you know, the biggest thing is he was in camp with us, and we went with the other two quarterbacks that we brought into camp. And Rudy already told me, Coach, if you need me, I'm ready. And when I called him the other day, I explained to him what we were doing. I didn't even have to finish what I was saying. He's like, Coach, I'm in for what, you know whatever we need to do to win. And that's just the kind of person Rudy is. So he understands that Nate is coming in. But also, I understand that if we need, you know, if we need a quarterback for any reason, Rudy's going to be fired up and ready to play, as he showed um, against the Sugar School. I got another question for you. So you got a game Sunday at three o'clock at the Sports Arena. You get this yep. one. So you play the the Panthers. What's it like? Because if you don't know this, the owner for the Panthers is also the owner for the Strike Force. So both you, are his teams. It's a duopoly. It's a duopoly. So Taylor, you get scared and, and lay off the other team because. You, might, you know, the owners both, and you might, you know, he likes the other team better than ours, so I don't have to say that to anybody. That's well known. So, what do you do with that? I'm going to play, have our guys play all four quarters and not think about any of that stuff. Plain and simple. Are you going to, I wait, but tell you also known for taunting people on the field a little bit. You're not going to do that to, to Roy, are you? How many flags do I have this year, <laughs> None this year. You're actually, you're calm this year. I'm going from the last couple of years. Okay. I, I, no. I, Coach, I have a question. A yes, good sir. one. A better question. The X's and O's of seven-man football, how long does it take? I, I assume that your background is with 11 guys on the field. How long did it take you to pick up the X's and O's of the arena game? So if you don't mind me correcting you, it's eight on eight. Or, um, or similar to the seven-on-seven seven style. Yeah. Uh, but the beauty of it is, is um, so like – it has its similarities when it comes to pass concepts. The run game is definitely different because, you know, you know that you're going to get a three down front 
big on big every single time. But pretty much all the past concepts are pretty much the same. Like I'm calling the same kind of concepts that I'd be calling at Helix. Um, you know, you just have one less guy. So let's just say if you want to get into an empty uh, formation, so that would be two by two, okay? The only thing you don't have is a running back outdoors, all right? So that's kind of how we do that. So now the quarterback has to be his own check down, essentially. So if nothing's open, then he's got to run. Instead of if nothing's open, we got to check it down to the back. All right, but you have that Canadian football man in motion where you can be sprinting towards the line of scrimmage. How Everyone seems to be doing it. Is that something that's just a standard part of arena football strategy? Yeah, so you're allowed two guys in the high motion before the snap, and um, you're given about a yard of a grace period before they call offsides. Um, so it's definitely a unique thing, and that's what I like about it is the CFL sees these receivers and these DBs playing with these rules. So Canada is watching our league, which is why I really like the high motion. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of quick because he's usually in the in the end zone bar area there. So by quarter two, he doesn't even know what he's watching down. So he thought it was a soccer game last week. You thought we went to a soccer no, game. No, here's a couple things that I note. One, it's a fun for people who have. It's important to distinguish your era of the strike force from your Bert Grossman coaching wow. era of the strike force. You. Two different products on the field. Your product much superior. The coaching, well at least at the head spot, much superior. Yeah. So uh, I had a terrible offense coordinator. So I, a lot of it was because of that I had to deal with. But uh, my take is it's fun. And if you want to, the kids can have a gas. I mean, it's, it's great family fun, right? Oh, it's the best. And, you know, when I was a quarterback, I'd always try to, you know, find – a kid to throw a ball to after a touchdown or, or whatever. It's, it's a lot of fun for the kids. And it's crazy because some of these fans aren't used to being so close to football players. Right. Cause think about if you go to a college football game or even a high school football game, if you go to a high school game, there's a track in the way, unless you're at Helix sitting on the visiting side, right. um, there's track in the way everywhere you go. And, uh, you know, at, at the college level, there's probably some wall, that you that you're behind but in indoor football you're right up there you got players diving into the seats and it's like a baseball game where if a football is coming your way you're going to catch it and it's yours or else you're going to get hit in the head and get booed but but there's also i mean anybody who thinks of the impact i would say the impact it's harder probably yeah because the first area, of all yeah. the uh there's you're in a phone booth yeah, you're in a phone booth. The surface is rock hard, and then now you have the added fun of crashing into the boards. I mean, it's 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 the most physical elements of hockey and football all rolled into one. Most definitely. Um, when I was a rookie quarterback in 2014, I was taught this: the wall is undefeated, <laughs> and they are absolutely right. It is 100% undefeated because if you get hit into that wall, it is not going to feel good. <laughs> And the other, and you, I mean, we, what do we leave by? We have to have 50 balls for a home game because they intend on those balls going in the stands and people taking them home. So it's, you literally have to have 50 balls. The marketing smart. The yeah. smart. And, and an incomplete pass to the walls is a fan's ball. Yeah. Um, you saw the first game. We kind of probably lost that game because a fan, remember, he reached over and grabbed the ball <laughs> in the end zone before it went over. Well, he didn't know the rules. Yeah, I didn't even know the rules. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that, I mean, but you get things like that and there's nothing they can do about it, but that's kind of what they want. They want interaction with the fans. So, uh, is, is this something you intend to do uh, because the seasons allow it, that you're going to do both for as long as you can? As long as I possibly can. If I can coach 30 football games a year, I'm all for it. Sign me up. So getting kids, re recruiting players, where do you go to find your play – where's your roster come from? 
So our roster comes from um, a lot of players who have experience in the IFL or the other indoor leagues. So I go look for guys that have played, you know, as Bert said in the phone booth. Um, but then I'm also scouring college all-star games, um, talking to agents. And, you know, one thing that's unique about this, when I'm watching college football in the fall, I'm looking at seniors, specifically in the Mountain West, in the Pac-12. I want to find some guys that are on the West Coast that might be seniors. And, um, you know, I'll let Bert do this. Bert, do you want to announce our most recent signing um, currently right after Nate Davis? Would you like to talk about who that is? Did you actually sign him? I never know what to I, do. All right. We signed Tariq Thompson, member from Saints, uh, All-American San Diego State. Honest to God? Yeah. He'll be at the game this week. Playing? Playing. Well, talk about that. How'd that happen? Uh, Taylor, why don't you talk about how that happened? You know, I don't really like to call this guy my friend, but a good friend of mine, Bert Grossman, called me about this player. who's you know, a pretty good one. And, um, you know, we had some really good safeties in camp. And if you were watching the game last week, we had a guy, um, you know, get a crackback block, and he's going to be out for a little bit of time. So I knew we had this really, really good DB in town who understood, like, if someone goes down, you're going to get a call. He got the call. You know, just like Rudy, he didn't let me finish saying what I needed to say before he said yes. So yeah. he's fired, great a role. And the biggest thing I told him, I'm like, you know, this is your town. This is where you're from, and your first game is going to be a home game. Like, let's turn up and let's have some fun. And he's, he's excited. He's all for it. He'll be at practice tonight, getting a physical today. Um, I can't wait to see him on the field. And we would have loved to have him earlier, but, again, his dad called me and said he's interested. But the problem was it was the last day of camp, and we already had a roster, and everybody went through camp. I mean, if you would have called us earlier, that would have been a different story. But just glad he got a spot now. Well, I mean, it's hey, listen, for kids who love the sport of football to have another option to play it for as long as possible, why not? You know, as long as it's a reasonably safe endeavor, and it's, it certainly seems to be. And it's filmed for XFL, USFL, Canadian League, NFL. You're, you're a feeder yeah. for that. It, yeah, feeder, it, and you need more film, visible leagues. Especially with the COVID, you know, and that was the thing with Tariq. He kind of got it with the COVID year. A lot of the COVID guys don't have that kind of film just to put out there and stay active. We've already lost five guys to um, either XFL, USFL, or CFL, um, you know, within a month and a half of the season going on. So for me, that's very important to me. It's very tough to lose players, obviously, because we got to replace them. But, I mean, my mindset is I'm a high school coach, and I've played and coached junior college football. I want players to advance. So anytime we get that phone call, it's like, okay, let me find your replacement, but let's celebrate this right now. So well, I, I, And good for you. Good for you, because if they're if they're getting a bigger opportunity, I mean, let, let's put it this way. And I work on a high school football show. We often, and I'm, I, it used to just chat my ass that we would lose somebody to a, a better opportunity or a bigger opportunity or a different opportunity. But now I celebrate it because to me, it, it's like a feather. We provided a springboard for somebody to get a job at a bigger station, blah, 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 or something like that. What's it say about you and I that we've never gotten an opportunity? Well, I mean, I'm old. I'm old. But, uh, but uh, you know, as long as you don't leave us in the middle of the season, which you, you have to allow them to do, I'm okay with it. And I, to me, that's the thrill I get now is seeing somebody have their career eclipse mine. And we have at least a dozen examples of that. And I, and I take great pride in that. I'm sure you do as well, Coach. Hey, uh, can we like you getting people out, right? Yeah. No, I, got, I got a question, though. Taylor, how do you go with, I, I mean, you're the offense coordinator at Helix. I realize the seasons don't overlap, but 707 overlaps with, with um, indoor football. And if you're the offense coordinator and you're calling the plays, and say, 
how do you balance the two, or is it just you got to turn it over certain games that you're away, or how do you do that? Well, the wonderful part of being promoted to head coach was I got to pick the practice schedule this year. <laughs> yes, you did. You did. <laughs> that was number one. Is um, you know, I really is as much as I'm committing to being the head coach of the Strike Force, I am 150% committed to being the offensive coordinator at Helix, and. Um, they are very supportive and they are very big fans of the strike force, which I'm grateful for. So if I ever have to miss anything, um, our staff is very good at, at picking up where we left off and we have just about two coaches for every position. So it's really easy if I'm not there. And the beauty of, you know, having the drone at practice is we film everything. So if I'm not there, I can watch it 10 minutes after practice. And your athletic director is probably the most supportive guy of strike force in town, I would say. He's phenomenal because, you know, he's been he's been letting us get the field um, to practice on and, and, and he's been awesome. I gave him a hard time because, you know, availability last week was, you know, a little bit tough. And I'm like, hey, you know, was availability light because uh, we got our, you know, butts whipped before and then <laughs> overtime win and I get a couple more days this week. So I gave him a hard time about that yesterday. Uh, let's if we could turn the focus to Helix, because you have a young quarterback there, do you not? That is uh, we, we have to keep our eyes on. Yeah, so we have Ryland, uh, Ryland Jesse. So he's going into his senior year. He's sitting on a Nevada offer right now. And um, I think those are really going to roll in, um, you know, kind of going into spring ball and also following the season. Well, what, what makes him special? He can sling it. He can make every single throw. And, um, you know, the difference for him uh, last year opposed to, you know, his first two years. So he's a four-year starter at Helix. That's that's a huge accomplishment alone. Um, but he went from a different style of offense under Coach Owens to running the air raid with me. And he had a great transition last year. But the fact that I get to get him from year one in our system to year two, I think the sky's the limit for him. And I told him, you know, obviously we want team accolades, but an accolade that he needs to have is be sitting on that stage with you guys um, at, at the gala. Oh, man, there's going to be a lot of competition. And, uh, you know, just when when you bring that up, I get a knot in my stomach because. No, last year was probably the hardest I remember. Yeah, and and, and we didn't handle the pressure well. Uh, But, (laughs) you know, I just, you know, you brought up four-year starter at Helix. I'm trying to think in my head. I, I I know Reggie probably. Reggie was. Was Alex Smith? One of the Noah brothers had to be. I don't know that Alex Smith was a four-year starter. I mean, that's because you're you're one of when I got here in town, it was Helix and Oceanside were the two preeminent powers, and Ocean and Helix has always been in the conversation for the better part of a quarter. I've been here a quarter century, so I mean, it, it speaks to how well, maybe not always in the upper echelon, but certainly in the top ten schools. Yeah, Taylor, you've been there. What is what is it they do? Because it, like you said, I mean, 20, 30 years they've always. I mean, they're. I don't know if they've ever been out of the top 10, maybe a year or two, but these other schools, I mean, always have fallback years and have to rebuild. They don't seem to ever have had one, I can remember. Is there a culture there? Is it just the coaches? What is it? It's definitely the culture, and the culture is tradition never graduates. And that's something I bought into when I took the job was, you know, I didn't go here, so I need to buy into whatever tradition that they have, and and that's the biggest thing. The standard is the standard at that school. It's a winning program. Um, it's been historically a powerhouse, and, and we're trying to really take this team to where it you know, needs to be. So did you learn bagpipes? What would you do? No, I, no, I, uh, I, I haven't learned the bagpipes, but I God, hear it every You didn't day. buy in. <laughs> no. Uh, so uh, what, what, kind of, 
what kind of team are we can we expect in 2023? Is this an open division contender? Uh, yes, that's our goal. Um, our goal is to be an open division contender. We have we have a lot of seniors, and um, we have a lot. Like our freshman team is really good, so we may get some kids from that freshman group that come up as sophomores. Um, but we're going all in on on as far as we can go this year, and, and we we are very confident in our team. How many starters you bring back? I mean, I, I remember we were doing the Iron Hog, and I kept wanting to get somebody on it. And both their lines are all we're all underclassmen last year. I don't think you had a senior center or a center or a senior in the whole line. If I were to guess, we probably have 18 coming back, 18 starters. Well, that that bodes well. Yeah, that does. Bode uh, well. I'm, a, I'm just gonna make a little note of that because, uh, but also you also have the how uh, do you, are you keeping an eye on what's going on in Mount Miguel with uh, Verlaine, uh, Coach Verlaine? We had him on last week. He preceded you into this podcast, and I mean, he has the pipeline. He has. The uh, assistant coaching staff, you know, Mount Miguel is going to probably take a leap in the uh, in the years to come. Oh, that's that's going to be a great program, and um, you know, I'm really happy that you know Coach Verlaine got that job because that's huge for him. Anytime you have an offensive coordinator that you know is head coaching caliber, I hope those guys get those jobs. So they're going to do a great job over there. Um, Coach has done a great job with his All Star game and his seven on seven stuff, and yeah, Mount McGill is going to be great. We don't play them. Um, I hope we can, you know, at least throw seven on seven and stuff against them this this off season. But yeah, they're going to do big things over there. Will you eventually? Will they do? Will you be looking at some vacancies in the near future for head coaches? Do you do you take any interest in those when they come up? I am the San Diego Strike Force head coach and the Helix Charter High School offensive coordinator. Well, then I know that, but do you, I mean, do you do you look and then say sometimes let me start the application or no or just not? You don't want to take all that on right now. I'm stupid not to look. So I look, but I don't want to take it on right now. Fair enough. But can we just go back to Mount Miguel? Because I know you're the, the division difference. But is there a, would there come be, would a time come that Mount Miguel would be ever in your, at least in your non-conference schedule? Would that, ha- could that ever happen? Or was that too far in the future? Our playoffs. You still have playoffs. I mean, they'll move up eventually. They're yeah, not, I, mean, I mean, we just saw Wrexham move up in uh, soccer. Why can't Mount Miguel move up? Because of the crazy CIF rules that nobody likes, they will move up. I'm just saying, but I don't know. I don't know how quick that's going to be. It's probably two, three years out before right, right, they so. get to the same spot. All right, it well, would be big that they would probably move up in. If if they win, then the, you know they they could maybe move into our league eventually. All right, so it's not completely off the. No, I mean, remember when uh, Scripps Ranch and they were they were had to do two or three jumps. Modern day had to jump two or three divisions right. just for being successful. Same kind of thing. All right, well, we'll see how it plays out. So, uh, coach, as we uh, wrap this up, do you uh, do you got a message out there for any high school kids who might want to consider arena football as a an avenue? Can you take kids before they're uh, graduated from college? What, what's your uh, what are the rules for recruiting players? So the biggest thing is is for me, I want guys to have finished all their eligibility, or for whatever reason, you know, college just isn't in their future. Uh, if they have a year or two left, I, I I won't take any kids that still can play in college. Um, you know, but the biggest thing is always shoot for the highest level of football. I tell my guys all the time, like you know, dream for the NFL. If that's what you want to do, do it. And then if you have to fall back on indoor football, it's a it's a very good. Um, you know, platform to try to show up your skills. So in, in, in a lot of ways, it's like a professional level of junior college football where you come down here to try to get back out. So um, that's the biggest thing is, you know, shoot for the highest level, shoot to get a four-year scholarship. 
Um, you know, and if you have the chance to play professional football, go for it. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask him you like better, me or Robbie Owens as a head coach. Well, I, I'm hey. gonna say, I know it's Coach Owens. Probably. I'm just going to say this. Coach O taught me a lot about offensive football. That's all I'm, that's all I'm going to say. Have Bert you, Gross, ta- <laughs> have you talked off to the referees? Have you talked to Coach Owens? Uh, uh, how's he doing at his new gig? He's doing great. He's doing great. Um, I believe they went to the national championship last year. Um, but he's great. Uh, I mean, I definitely see him being a head coach again um, and probably being at that college level. Coach O is one of the most organized people I've ever been around in my life. That and I don't even know that. if he knows I stole his practice schedule. Ah. Well, if he's, I'm organized, too. No, you're not. You're not. So uh, well, that, Taylor and yeah. I could tell you some stories from 2019 that you couldn't even put on this podcast. Well, then we won't. We won't. We won't. Uh, young man, thank you so much for making time for us. We, we appreciate it. Uh, uh, Burke, can you get all the social media tags? I know Strikeforce, and can you, uh, Taylor, can you send me all your stuff, and I'll, I'll tag you on everything. The way it works, we'll post the raw thing today at some point, and then I'll start excerpting it on social media later today and tomorrow, and then Saturday I'm on Good Morning San Diego, so we'll run a lot. So are we. We're coming in the studio Saturday. Are you really? Lucky you, yeah. Me, Is Taylor, it? and uh, Carlos Thompson. Oh, well, then I'll see you Saturday, and we'll run a bunch of our podcast stuff, okay? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a tremendous honor. Uh, it's just good to see the organization finally uh, in good hands. And, wow. you know, I, I witnessed some of the growing pains, and they were... Uh, let me tell you my Bert Grossman story. I said, Bert, we're going to do this thing on TV. We're going to have a, we're a live camera in the locker room, and I want you to give us a real fiery pregame screech, and the guys will come running out, and that'll be the entire sports cast. And so we get the live truck there and the camera, and we have run all the cable, and it takes us two and a half hours to make sure the lighting's right. <laughs> Bert, gather, gather around, guys. Gather around. Let's go get him. And then he turned for the door. <laughs> it was the most anticlimactic speech. Taylor does that, but you couldn't put him on because he curses the entire, the uh, entire speech. I, it left I, me with a three-minute hole in my sports <laughs> Well, I wish you would have been there last halftime because I've never done this in my life, but I flipped the table, and then after that, we went out and won in double overtime. So I guess that worked. It sure did, and I bet I, I see more success just because I can tell you are, you're a five-star human being. We will uh, we'll chat again. I'll see you Saturday, okay? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. PPR Thanks, Podcast number 94 is now over.